Hey everyone, welcome to Past Lives and the Divine. I'm Gina, the host of this podcast, and today I'm talking to Soulful Stephanie again about our latest session that we had in January of this past year, so a couple months ago, where we did another entity removal at her work site. So this is a remote entity removal session. This is where I'm the facilitator slash hypnotist. Steph is the client slash medium. She's at home, I'm at home. And what we do is we meet over Zoom and we do a hypnosis session where we uh, move, I help Steph get into that hypnotic trance. She moves her awareness to her work site and scans the building. And then we chat with entities and see if we can help them transition, transition to the other side, transmute their energy to a higher frequency, just kind of depends on like what or who they are or what what their motivation is. So if you're interested in this conversation, like I said, this is the second session we did together. So in episode 147, you can actually listen to a recording of this session. And in episode 134, you can listen to our first session, that recording of that remote entity removal. And then in session or in episode 135, Steph and I meet and we chat about that session that took place in episode 134. So today we're talking about uh, the session from last week, episode 147, and we're just going to dig into kind of just how she felt going in, uh, how she felt afterwards, the shifts at her worksite since. There was a lot of drama, some conflicts. We talk about that, and we and then Steph lets us know kind of where it's all settled up to this point. If you're new to this podcast, Soulful Stephanie has been working since 2002 as a hypnotist. She went through the hypnotic arts training that Sarah Leverett and I created, and she's also a member of Kinship my monthly or my annual membership where we meet twice monthly, go on different hypnotic journeys, have a bunch of discussions about it. And right now, that's what she does. She works as a hypnotist. She has shifted her focus from social work to hypnosis, and she believes we can break down so many more barriers and blocks through hypnosis and specifically past life regression. She wants to help her clients have the deepest form of healing and she thinks that the past life regression technique has been proven over and over again to help and I wholeheartedly agree with that. So as you know, my sessions are completely booked until summer. So if you want a session with me, you can get on my email list, go to pastlivesandthedivine.com, click on work with me, click on schedule your session, and you can get on that email list. I'll be opening up my schedule uh, for the fall. I'll be doing that sometime kind of beginning of summer, I think June, June-ish. So hop on that email list. If you don't want to wait that long for a session, maybe go to Steph's website, see what she's all about, book a session with her. You can find all of Steph's links in the show notes. If you're interested in learning about how to remove an entity, how to conduct an entity removal session or a remote entity removal, we teach that and so much more in the hypnotic arts training. So if you click on the link in the show notes, you can go and check out the website for the hypnotic arts training, and you can also hop on the email list. So if you're interested in learning more, possibly interested in signing up, we have a cohort of students that are currently beginning working 
working their way through the program. And we'll open up registration for that probably like May, June, and then have another session that starts late summer and into the fall. So if you're interested in that, go check out hypnoticartscoalition.com or click the link in the show notes. And last thing before we dive into this discussion, I have a retreat. I'm partnering with Kelly Smith. She's from Mindful in Minutes podcast, Meditation Mama podcast, Yoga for You, and she's a repeat guest on this podcast. I'm partnering with her and the women at Adventure to bring a retreat experience to you. So this June, we're going to lead a group of beautiful souls into the fresh air and forests of British Columbia in Canada for our retreat. And our retreat is called Journey Within, an exploration of self, spirit guides, and past lives. The retreat is four days and three nights glamping. Each day, Kelly's going to lead daily yoga. I'm going to build on the theme of the day with a guided hypnotic journey. During our free time, we can hike, we can explore, we can forest bathe, we can indulge in divine laziness, maybe sit by the beach or even a fire. Um, There are just a few spots left. So as I'm recording this, there are six spots left. But uh, this episode is actually going out not for another week or so. So make sure to click that link if you're interested in joining us. You might be able to grab a spot. It might be sold out. But go ahead and check out the link for the retreat in the show notes if you want to learn more about it or sign up for it. Okay, let's get into our discussion. Gather around the fire and listen to Steph and I talk about our latest entity removal. Hi, everyone. We are back here with Steph. How are you doing today, Steph? Good. How are you? I'm good. I am looking forward to dissecting and digging into this experience. So like I described in the intro, uh, this is our second time visiting Steph's. Steph works in a building where other people work too. Uh, So this was our second time going in there and just digging around, seeing if we can help to move some of this energy And um, yeah, so episodes 134 and 135 talk about, and it is the recording of the first time we went in there. And then episode 147 is the recording of the session that we're actually focusing our conversation on today. So Steph, as we think about that, um, I guess if anyone's brand new and they haven't listened to those other episodes, what we were doing is a remote entity removal. So Steph was at home. I was at home. We were on Zoom. We had some kinship members there watching, some hypnotic arts alumni watching, and we were able to uh, go into a hypnotic trance. And in this type of session, Steph is the client or the medium, and I'm the facilitator or the hypnotist. And we go in, do an induction. We Uh, plant Steph's consciousness right outside that building. We do a scan, we have a conversation, we try to move this energy, transmute the energy, move it through the light, and then we finish up and come back. So if you want more information on that, I know episode 134 and 135, I go a little bit more into details in those sessions. So Steph, when we were moving into that space for this session, one of the things that you had said prior to doing it was that the first time we were there, you had made the intention to just say, I only want to communicate with earthbound spirits. And so did you have that same intention going into this most recent session? Or how did that come about for you? Was it something you even thought about? 
It was. Yeah. So after the first one, I realized it wasn't so bad. So this time I decided to just let anything come in that needed to be released. So I was just open to whatever we needed to experience. Okay. I definitely okay. felt the shift. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So say more about that when you say that, because that's basically my next question is like, how was it different? Oh, it was okay. So the first part of it, it was the first entity. I didn't remember any of it until I re-listened to it today. I've been procrastinating listening to it because I was, I guess, nervous to hear it because I have no memory of that first one, none. And I think right after I reached out to, um, to Julie and said, it, it's almost like channeling. And she said that sometimes when we channel, we don't remember what we experienced, um, but it was a different form of channeling. And I was really just nervous about what I might've said or how I sounded. Um, and she told me I didn't sound that different. I just sounded a bit sassy at one point. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I was sassy to Gina and gave myself a hard time. <laughs> but it wasn't that bad when I listened to it today. It was, it was interesting to hear because I don't remember it at all. Okay. So I know we talked about this in the hypnotic arts training and, you know, none of us will never truly know. I don't think until we're like out of our bodies, then maybe even then we won't know, but I would think then we would have a better idea. But my question is like, how do you explain that? Like, do you believe it is channeling? You know, that I've talked about on this podcast and Steph and I, we we've talked about it. Like, I really do believe that when we're channeling, which could be getting information from spirit guides, people on the other side, earthbound spirits, whatever, mm -hmm. that it is that the memory is different. And oftentimes people will say like, Oh, I don't remember that part of the session. I chalk that up to channeling. How yeah. do you like, how do you kind of organize that in your brain? <laughs> Well, I did some journaling on it because I was curious and it felt the same way as when I would do, I used to do readings before I went into hypnosis and I would do readings um, sometimes by email and I saved them all just in case somebody lost them and they wanted me to resend it. And I went through one a long time ago and I didn't remember writing it. It didn't even sound like the words that I would normally use. And it's like, I remember sitting there and doing the reading, just like I remember laying there and the experience, but I don't remember what I said and I didn't remember what I wrote. So I, I chalk it up to being channeling in that way. And I still think that we, I channeled the other, um, entities as well. It was just a different vibe. So I'm not sure why I didn't remember this one portion, but the other two I did. Oh, that's a mystery. Yeah. Well, in, as you continue to do this work and as we do this together, uh, I think, I wonder if even that, like even that your experience in it is really interesting to me. And if there is like a theme that kind of bubbles to the top of like, oh, here's kind of more so when people remember when they're channeling or when they don't mm -hmm. remember. And sometimes I... I think that emotion has a lot to do with what we remember and what we don't remember. And so um, I wonder if that has something to do with it. You know, I feel like even yeah. just as time goes on to be able to kind of eventually make some sort of puzzle out of like all of these smaller experiences and a picture that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. So that part's interesting to me too. 
something just popped up as you were explaining that um maybe because that entity was speaking through me and i felt like the other ones were more speaking to us um and one thing that i got when i journaled about it after listening was that these specific entities would the first ones that i didn't remember um would go into the human body when that person wanted to feel numb and so when we go numb something came up in in the journaling that it's not that we're physically numb it's that something else is experiencing that for us or through yeah. us and then when we were just talking about it now it kind of made me feel like maybe that entity was experiencing that rather than myself oh my gosh that would be curious to dive more into yeah because hearing you say that even just so uh, I guess for a facilitator of a hypnosis session, one of the things that we teach in training is that whatever the person, the client, when they're in hypnotic trance, whatever they say, whatever they say is going on, whatever answers to the questions they have, I don't know what, how anyone decided this, but they, the common thought is that in hypnosis, a client will say like maybe 10% of what they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so hearing that background part of it, is really interesting because uh, if you guys go back and listen to episode 147, you'll hear, like, I remember parts of the conversation where you said that, like, we go into people and feel these things for them. Or yeah. I don't remember exactly how you yeah. put it, but it, I was like, oh, okay. And just the way you put it there, like, when we're numb, maybe someone else is feeling it for us, you know, kind of like in a little yeah. bit more malevolent, not yeah. so great way uh, for everybody involved. I think so, because honestly, just the shift that happened afterwards, um, I, I want to be honest and transparent about the, the changes about everything, because whenever change happens, it's always uncomfortable at some point, right? If, if nothing is uncomfortable, we won't ever evolve. And at work, we were so bonded and, and tight knit and everything was sunshine and rainbows. And since the entity removal, I felt like that shifted quite a bit and shifted in a good way, but also that, um, we couldn't hide how we were feeling for real. And what I would do normally is just pretend that everything's okay. And then go home and numb the emotions that I'm, I've been having, or, you know, try not to be too expressive at work or try not to bring anything to work, vice versa at home. And lately we've just been kind of letting everything out. And the amazing thing about it is that I feel even closer to these women oh. because I feel like we're being ourselves and honest and we're not numbing. We're just being like the things that we've shared with each other recently has been way more than since the beginning. And one of the girls I've known for 20, she's been my best friend for 20 some years. And I feel like we've gotten to really know each other since that session, you know, like it's been a progression, but yeah. So I think that that might be what it is that they, when we're trying to escape, they take over in some way. Oh my God. That is now they're not here. Really? So. Yeah. That's a really interesting. Oh my gosh, Steph. I have so many tangents coming into my brain <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay. So I'll try to organize them in the background, but my next question for you then is like, can you 
kind of zoom into like the work environment and share as much as you want to um, just about like either the relationships or just kind of like the tenor of the situation while you're at work, like before that second entity removal we did and then after it or yeah, maybe right after it because I know it was kind of bumpy for a few days and then kind of like where it's settled. Yeah. Um, So I work at a spa. It's a beauty spa. Um, And I am someone who doesn't ever do my makeup. Uh, like don't, I don't go shopping at, cause it's fun. I hate shopping. Um, and I work with all these very beautiful women and their job is to, you know, like do facials and it's very advanced facials, right? They're skincare specialists and saying they're beautiful is like, they're, they don't need Photoshop or a filter. They are that beautiful. And I've never really felt like I fit in at all because I don't have the same, priorities or interests as them. And I've always, since the beginning of working there, I've, I've hid that from them. I just kind of go with the flow, um, and take my insecurities home with me and then drown them out through escapism, either through watching TV or, you know, drinking or smoking pot, um, anything like that, just to escape from how I really feel when I was there. And, you know, they, their industry is beauty. So of course, what they talk about is health and beauty. And for the first time in my life, I'm overweight and I'm struggling with my health. And then you have all these women who are just like at their prime. And it just made me feel like an outcast. And this past weekend, that all came out to the surface. And we had a discussion about how um, I need to work on my own insecurities and just kind of bringing everything out onto the table. If something makes you uncomfortable, bring it up so we can talk about it and not just brush it under the rug. And before it was more like laughing, joking at work, and then going home and and being like, well, I hated that. (laughs) That was awful. And talking to my partner about it. And he would encourage me to talk to them because they have been the most supportive, loving women in my life. Um, They have encouraged me and helped me create my own business. They've given me the the space to do so even at work, they've helped me with marketing and, you know, like just, they're nothing but supportive. So why can't we talk about it? But I had something in me that didn't want me to do it like myself. And since the session, it's just kind of been unraveling slowly. Um, one of the girls had left and one girl came back. So she had left, uh, she moved away and she moved back right when Brooke decided to leave. And so the dynamic has shifted quite a bit. And when the dynamic shifted, we had done the session. And so it was just like a whole lot of change in once, but I feel like the anxiety is gone. The girls actually come to me and ask me to sage whenever they're feeling ungrounded. So we've brought in more spirituality for ourselves, not just for the business, but I just feel like we're connected a lot tighter and we're able to discuss the uncomfortable topics, even at work. It's just it's an amazing place to work, an amazing group of women. Um, but now I feel like they're my soul sisters, not just coworkers. That's amazing. Um, yeah. It shifted quite a bit, um, in many more ways, but that was the one that came up actually this past weekend. And yeah, it was, it was enlightening for myself, but also I really liked that they brought up their points of view as well. Um, because it made me feel like, okay, so I'm not the only one who feels this way that we can now start sharing how we really feel 
about yeah. certain situations in a loving manner, right? There was no, there was no cattiness or anything about it, which I really like too. So it, it's been a, we've evolved. So <laughs> I like the way you said that. Oh, we've evolved. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. So I want to just pause on that right there. Just like where you're at now, just like the honest conversations that you've been having and in particular this weekend. And I guess what I'm curious about is, so the last time I think I asked you about it was maybe like a week or two after the session. And you had said, just like the first time we did it, Mm -hmm. it was like kind of bumpy, dramatic, three or four days afterward. And I'm wondering if, is that when like one coworker left another one returned and we did that entity removal session, was that kind of all in the same time period or what made it bumpy afterwards? Like, how would you describe that? Like, what did it look like? I guess, practically at that time. Um, well, it wasn't bumpy between like us as the, it was more the clients. Um, and I ended up crying at work like a couple days later, a client came in and just roasted me, uh, for no reason, but I, I felt there was no reason. She just, I didn't say thank you when she called to say she was going to be late. She was real upset about that and demanded an (laughs) apology. And I refused to do that because I, and there was just so much chaos, like the water had shut off at work and you can't run a spa gracefully without water. (laughs) And so it was just the most chaotic day. And again, I thought to myself, like, oh no, what what did I do? Because <laughs> it was the same <laughs> thing as last time. But what was really special about that day was we all came together and everyone, um, I'm a huge crier. I cry all the time, but it's not usually for myself. Like if someone's mean to me, it just bounces right off. Um, so that was different, but everyone was just so supportive and loving that it. I'm kind of glad that it happened. Um, And then, yeah, it was kind of, it was rocky, but then again, um, the owner, the girl, the woman who created the business decided to take a second vacation and she hasn't taken vacation. Like this is very strange behavior for her. And it's in a good way that she's taking that time for herself and she's very spiritual and connected. So it was the perfect time to do it because she was leaving for vacation soon after that. And I'm excited to see what or how she feels when she comes back. Cause I haven't, she hasn't experienced it in, I guess, well, since that happened that day. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So much more Rocky a few days later and then it settled and then it started just, we just started opening up in different ways. Yeah. Okay. So something that I've been just reading about in terms of like relationships and friendship and whatever, creating like deep connections, whether it's platonic or romantic or family or whatever. And one of the things that I've come to learn about you weirdo humans is is like that conflict is actually what deepens a relationship. Yeah. And so for, I don't know what I would call myself an alien in this situation where it's like, I, a lot of times felt like, well, probably the situation I grew up in, but it's like this feeling of like, I need to take care of the vibe in this room and we're going up because I don't want to be down, you know, (laughs) and that is great sometimes, 
but mm-hmm. not all the time. And even just the ability to like weather a conflict with someone like creates that secure attachment, like as long as there's no abuse in it. Or, yeah. But it's, if everyone's still there standing, loving at the end of it, it's like that's a deeper connection because of it. Yeah. And so I, because of that, have also been thinking about like just all the numbing that we do. Like, sure, we can point to like food and drinks and substances and stuff like that. But like, I'm talking about all the numbing we do. Like I numb by like obsessing about my calendar. It's like, I'll look at it and look at it and look at it. It's like, it's Monday morning. Why do I need to memorize what Thursday afternoon is going to be like for me? You know, like it's already on my calendar. I have the time to work on, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think we can like numb in many ways. And it's just a way to like not be present in our life, be like removed, be totally focused on something else. Mm -hmm. And on, and so with that, it's like, we're all just kind of skimming the surface. And so if we never dip into those emotions and on top of it, if someone else is dipping into those emotions when we're dipping out numbing, it's like, it's such a wild thing to think about. And it just is like, sure, for connection and love and belonging and friendship and all of that stuff, but also like just personally being able to be in tune more so with your emotions. Mm-hmm. That's like what leads my life. Like anger tells me when something's not working before my, sub, my before my conscious mind figures it out. Like a lot yeah. of times I have to be like, anger, what are you doing here? You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm super mad about this one thing. And it's like, oh, you're right. I am. I hate that. <laughs> and I, so to like turn off those emotions um, or to be in a situation where like on a subconscious level or on like a intuitive level, we can feel like we need to be armored up and we can't be like open and receptive and, you know, totally present and mindful. Like, of course, like removing that energy mm-hmm. would allow people to like sink into their emotions a little bit more. And then yeah. with that, it's like, it's easier to speak up when you're like, I can't do this anymore. I must, you know, on yeah. My own. yeah. 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 It's, it's true that we're, we're feeling our emotions and I've worked really hard at getting that part of myself back because I turned it off when I was in social work, I had to turn it off because I I'm a huge empath and it was killing me slowly to hear all these awful stories. They call it like secondhand trauma. Um, and it, I had to put this wall up. And when I went on sick leave before deciding to leave that field, you like anything can happen. And I didn't cry. I didn't express anything. And, um, part of the things that came up this weekend was that I, I'm not very enthusiastic and I'm not very expressive physically and the way that I speak. Um, and I am working to get that back, but I didn't know that other people noticed. So that part of myself, I shut down. I feel all the feelings. Now I worked really hard in the last (laughs) three years to get that back. I cry at everything. Um, so that makes me happy because that's who I am. And I was sad that I lost that part of myself. Um, so getting it back has been really empowering. And now I want to get back the fun stuff, you know, the one that could let loose out in public and not be just overcome with anxiety and, just overwhelmed with the whole situation. Um, and I find it so much easier when I'm virtually with people to be myself. And so now 
I'm glad they brought it or that this one woman brought it up because I want to, I want to find myself again and, um, she's going to help me. So every Monday I'm going to go to her house and we're going to do a sauna. And then we're, the goal is for the retreat <laughs> that I'm going to do a headstand. Yeah. I don't know oh if, God. I mean, no, I can't say, I don't know if I will, I will get there. Oh, you totally will. She's a beast. Like she, her, she loves fitness and anything she puts her mind to that girl is competitive with herself and she will do it. So I sent her that challenge and she's going to learn how to do it. And we're going to work at it every week until she could teach me how to do it too. So, I mean, amazing things came out of it and I'm really happy that this happened. And I don't think it would have happened without the entity removal, to be honest, because we weren't feeling anything. We weren't feeling into our, our emotions. Yeah. So, and I, that's something that we never talk about, right. Is like, what happens to these spaces when these entities are removed? Mm -hmm. Something that I felt so much when I lived in that little house in South Minneapolis that was haunted. And then, um, someone did a removal and, that in and of itself was traumatic for a few reasons, but but whatever, like when it was gone, the way I felt in that house, I, I've never that I know of, or in any way that was impactful for me have been cheated on. Like I personally don't, I mean, I'm before Alex and I got a divorce, like we had an open relationship. Like I don't have a lot of like jealousy and ownership in that way. But I felt like I had been betrayed on the deepest level. And and the only thing that I could tie it to or reflect it back to was like, I always really felt at home and held and safe in that house. And it was like, once that energy was gone, it felt so empty. Yeah. And um, I felt like, what in the fuck? Like, I felt this way. And this other thing was going on behind my back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, it took me a while to get comfortable in that house again. And I would always ask people like, I I'm like, I'm glad it's gone, but I feel like there's this emptiness that I need to. And so at this point, you know, 10 years later in my life, I'd be like, let's fill it with light, do a ritual. You know, there's Mm -hmm. like, five things that come to my mind. And then if you tap into Google, you could do it for the rest of your life. (laughs) But just this idea of like, yeah, like when we eliminate these things, it's like, what, what kind of shifts happen? Cause it doesn't happen in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. You know, it is kind of upsetting the frequency or not upsetting it like in a bad way, but it is, it's like, you know, strumming the frequency and everyone's got to kind of find a new place to settle. Yeah. Which I think is, uh, something that no one ever talks about. So I guess I didn't know I was going here, but when you think of your experience and just like where you all are now, and especially like after the conversation, the recent conversations, what would you say? And you don't have to have like the capital A answer, but like in this moment, what would you say is something that helped you kind of like navigate the bumpy waters afterward, and then just sharing more of your truth, being more in touch with your emotions. Like what kind of stands out to you? If you like had a practice that you leaned on or in hindsight, if you were like, I wish I would have just known X. 
I think that it was a group effort. And for me, for the last, I don't know how long I've always deemed myself a lone wolf. I don't need anybody. I'm happy by myself as long as I have my dogs. And this has taught me that if I was by myself in this situation specifically, I wouldn't have had the tools to show myself self-love the way that they do, right? Because they each have different skills and they're each really good at something. And so I decided to, to pick something that I admired about each of them and try to learn it from them. And so with Bianca, she's just, she's a beast, you know, her, her physical ability to, to do anything she sets her mind to is something that I've always admired. And I decided that I want to admire that about myself too. And so I want to work with her to teach me how to do that. And so I think for me, and I think a lot of this comes back to community, even all the entities and stuff, they all have a lot to do with community. And what just came up in my mind now is I did a a shadow integration for the first time with Mira. And uh, so shout out to Mira. And what came up was um, at the end when I was pulling in or taking out the, the heaviness that I felt from the triggers that we explored rather than uh, usually it's a magnet or the sun is melting it, or it was all these women surrounding me and helping me pull it out and replacing it with love. And so I think that if I didn't do that shadow integration, I probably wouldn't have followed my guides and my higher self's advice to, to lean on them. And we lean on each other in different ways, right? So I'm helping them in some ways and they're doing the same for me, just like you and Julie, everyone in kinship, you know, we all have something that, that we can learn from each other. And I open my heart now to just take it all in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of it too, is like when we have that conflict or sink into our emotions and ask for what we need, it's like, Mm -hmm. it like it gives other people the chance to like help out. And then we feel more like, Oh, I I'm going to give help while I'm giving help. I'm going to get help too. And being open and willing to like actually receive love, receive help. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's pretty easy, or at least it's pretty easy for me to look back on all the times where it's like, I completely missed love that was coming my way, whatever you want to call love. Uh, because I just like you and I were talking about on WhatsApp of like, what if I showed up to every situation thinking that people liked me instead of showing up to literally every situation (laughs) I need help. I'm asking a customer service person, some, where's the bathroom. I, I go into it thinking they fucking hate me. You know what I mean? It's like, well, what a fucking life change to change Uh, that. Yeah. Uh, And to think that people don't like me. I know that that closes me off to like who they really are or a connection that could be have, or Mm -hmm. just the right to ask where the fucking can is when I (laughs) need it without feeling like someone hates me, you know? (laughs) And I, yeah, I wonder why we have that. Cause it's so funny. I was texting Julie about it because I said, your intuition is on point, Gina, because when you said that I, on the way to the restaurant this weekend to the event that we, a work event that we had, I was talking to one of my coworkers and saying, I feel like everyone hates me. I feel like I don't fit in. And of course I manifested that for myself, right? Because at the restaurant, 
I'm just sitting there like everybody's judging me because I'm not as pretty as them. I'm not as fit, you know, and I don't, I don't want to believe that about like, I love myself the way that I am. It's just when I'm surrounded by women like this, I'm just like, well, I can't help but notice that I'm the black sheep here. And so other people are going to notice. And it just, it made me really uncomfortable. But if I would have went into that situation thinking just like what you said, that no, everybody likes me here. And I know they do. So really it's just the reality check of they all love me. Nobody cares, you know, that, that we look different um, or that no one even noticed, right? Who cares? Yeah. I can't read their mind. There's so many people in a restaurant. So when you said that, I, I wrote it down and I'm going to go into every situation that makes me uncomfortable and say that before, rather than sabotage myself before. Yes. Such an ace of swords moment. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my God. So when, so let's talk a little bit about the experience of the session itself. Uh, so, I mean, we have been talking about it, but I, one of the things that you talked about was uh, you definitely felt energies that were not earthbound. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if at the time you kind of knew what it was, or in hindsight, if you've kind of analyzed it and have ideas of what it was. But how would you describe that not earthbound energy that you encountered? It felt different in my body. So I, I was very present, like I could feel the body part of me. Um, it was heavy and felt uh, mischievous. I felt mischievous. Just, I don't know how to describe how that feels, but it didn't feel like me. And it just for it, just on the surface and what I saw kind of like I was watching a movie or in a dream, it was very 2D. I don't know how else to explain it, but when the portal opened up, it was a 2D circle and it was a matte color. So it wasn't shiny or anything. And these little beings, like they weren't big, they were fairly small and they had these longish tails and they had no texture to them. They were just 2D and they matched the color of the portal. And I've never really experienced that before um, where I don't see a human face or feel a human energy. And so that made it curious, but what was even more curious was that once that one decided to jump through, that's where I started remembering. I can remember that part. Um, there was just these other little beings that were poking out and the portal had actually popped up in my mind um, at work somewhere. So outside we have this little area. It's kind of like a carport, except that's where the garbage bins are. And, um, a lot of the people who are struggling with homelessness sleep there. Um, so it popped up there and I just see all these little beings pop up looking curious to see what we're doing. And I decided since then that anytime I feel that energy of like, no, I want to numb, I want to escape. I just, in my mind, picture that being and send them to the portal to go home. And it's been working for me. I haven't told my coworkers about it because it, I'm like, how do you explain that? You know, they yeah. they're very understanding, but <laughs> I, I still haven't found the right words. And it, well, I won't explain. I'll just send them to this podcast and they can listen. To it. <laughs> I know where it's like, 
Uh, I feel like the return on investment isn't going to be <laughs> what I want it to be when I explain that. Yeah. And, and I, I'm always so worried that I'm going to like scar someone with my weird entity yeah. stories. Oh yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't tell anyone who's even the slightest bit scared of this stuff, but I, they're almost like they weren't even scary. They were kind of cute and mischievous, but you know, like almost like they didn't know what they were doing. They just wanted something and didn't have the capacity or compassion the way that humans do. So they just went for what they wanted. Um, and in turn, they were, well, they were kind of taking a lot of our discomfort away from us. Um, but also removing a lot of that love and joy as well. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's a very interesting thing that I experienced there visually. And, um, yeah, I just feel like they, they're all around everywhere in, in yeah. some way, shape or well, form. In that part of the session, it really confirmed something for me. So, um, this is something that we teach in the hypnotic arts training. So Steph, you've heard this before, but I, I, I think it's even, I don't know to me, I, I don't know if I could be any other way, but I am very compassionate with them and mm -hmm. just like in explaining and all of that. And in my mind, um, number one, I know that that's a great negotiating tactic with a narcissist <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, I know and believe that other entities are watching. Yeah. And so it's going to be even easy when you go to a space that hasn't been, that's just like filled with stagnant energy and heavy emotion and stuff hasn't changed. There's so much energy and beings and entities in that space that we are not aware of. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason benefit of being compassionate and kind of like really knowing the rules of the game, at least as far as we can, uh, because I believe that we're being watched. And so the first handful of them are going to be the most difficult. And then pretty soon people are going to be like, oh, I've seen, I've been aware of these two coming in yep. here and talking to us and helping us or helping people, helping other entities in the area. It's easier for them to trust us because that's like one of the first things that an entity always says is like, how can I trust you? Or I don't believe you, or that's not true or whatever. Yep. And so it's like, really building our reputation yeah. <laughs> among those entities. And I think it's so important for this work. Yeah. And that was, so that was really validating to go from like, just believing that to be true or, you know, clear cognizant, knowing it to be true. And then to have you actually being like, oh, they're like watching to see what we're doing. Yeah. I really believe that. Yeah. And I always felt like I was being watched and, and that was part of the reason why I wanted to explore this building. Um, and I always had this fear, another thing that shifted and I don't want it to sound graphic, but I don't know why I had this fear. I don't like stairs that have a space in the back. I, they really terrify me. And I don't know if it's something that happened in a past life. I haven't explored it yet, but anytime I would go down that really dark, cringy stairway, um, I would always have this fear that someone was watching me and that they were hiding under the stairs and then. I would have to go down really fast because they would like cut my ankle as I walked by. Yeah. And so I would just book it down those stairs and I haven't felt that way. And when I do, I maybe felt it a couple of times. I haven't felt that fear of, of someone hurting me, but anytime I feel someone watching me, I just get in my car, I picture the portal 
and I send them there and I do it with love because I did learn from you to, to show compassion. And I feel like it works a lot quicker now that yeah. at least I feel the thing watching me is gone. Oh my it knows God. that I know that it's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a really good idea to just kind of place that portal mm-hmm. somewhere in that space, especially since the energy is so abundant, we'll yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. So how have you, have you noticed any other like specific examples like that, like shifts in how you feel in that space? Like you used to feel a certain way. And since we've done these sessions, has it changed? Yeah. So I've been wanting to tell you about this, but I decided to wait for our chat. Um, I had this, I think I told you that I had this major anxiety to walk outside my building. Um, I work in downtown Ottawa. It's very busy. There's so many things around. Um, and I've, I have this fear that I just, I don't want to go outside. And part of it is when I drive in, I have to drive down that, that road where it is, there is a heavy um, population of people struggling with homelessness. And I always thought that it was because I, I was feeling their, their struggle. And it was just heavy every time I would drive down that road. And so I didn't want to get out of my car and walk down that road. Um, but after that session, I, um, at the end, especially with little bear, uh, just the compassion and, and sharing their story. And I think she said, um, being seen or Barnabas said that being seen is very important. And I believe that so much that I decided to, to work on that. And I had gone for a walk and I was fine. And I've done it a few times. I even joined a yoga studio that's down the street from work. So in the morning I can go do yoga. And I mean, the world is quiet at that time. I can go very early. They open at like 6am and do some yoga before work. And this is the really cool part. Um, the other day it was actually, I think on Friday I was at work and one of my coworkers had a headache. So I was like, this is a good opportunity. I'll go by Advil for the spa. And so I went for a walk and there was the cutest bunch of men who were struggling with homelessness. And I I've seen them a few times. I just never really got out and talked to them and seriously, the cutest, I think there were five, five of them. And they were just beaming with smiles and saying good morning. And it brought me so much joy. And so I said, good morning. I introduced myself. They introduced their themselves. And one of them with the kindest eyes, like his eyes just really, they, they were shining to me. Um, and he said, his name was Barney. I was like, Oh my God, I love that name. It's like, is that short for something? It's short for Barnabas. Oh my God. I just got full body chills. I have like, it hurts my head. The chills that I have. I, I didn't even know what to say. I hope that I played it cool and they didn't think that I was some kind of weirdo, but I like my heart is pounding because I don't, I don't know. Like I've never heard that name before, um, but I'll never forget it. And he's just such a special person. You know, they weren't asking for anything. They mm-hmm. just wanted to say hi and just make friends. <laughs> They're just so friendly. And anyway, they all gave me their names. And, and I feel like now that I can, I have some friends that are hanging out around that I feel more comfortable walking around. And I don't know that I would have released that fear before this session. I, cause I've been trying for almost two years now 
to take a walk. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That. Okay. So that is wild that his name was Barnabas. I know. know? Uh, I wanted to, there's so many things I wanted to ask him, but I didn't want to intrude on, on his, his personal life. Right. But yeah, they want to be like, Hey, I think somebody so me and, (laughs) you know, used your name or they had the same name or they could be, I don't know, you you know, and, and sometimes I wonder of like, so in the lore of my mom's family is a couple of things like where she was swimming. She was a kid. She was swimming. I think it was her or her sister. I don't remember. But she was swimming and was like swimming in a lake out to a raft or whatever. And her siblings, friends were on there. And she just remembers feeling like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. And then she like started sinking. And then before she knew it, like this woman with like blazing, like beautiful red hair, very like eye catching, grabbed her and like pulled her to the shore and was like, just sit here. You'll be okay. And she was just, and my mom or my aunt, remember who it was, was just like, obviously a little disheveled and seeing this happen, like a friend came over and was like, Whoa, what happened? And she said, Whoa, I was like starting to sink and drown. Like I couldn't swim any farther. And this woman helped me. And she turned to like point at the woman gone, like totally gone. Um, and that kind of stuff has happened a handful of times. And another story that like kind of sticks out is one of her brothers was building a log cabin and he was like, like building it with his own hands (laughs) to be clear. Um, (laughs) and which is very impressive. And he was like somewhere kind of like on the ceiling of the top floor and like fell, I don't know, through the staircase or something where he like fell through the house, like to the basement, like the cement floor floor in the basement. And he landed just like in a crouch, like how you would land if you like jumped off something that was like five feet tall. And the only thing that was sore the next day were his armpits, like someone had been. And so sometimes I wonder, like when we have these, I always think and like to believe that when we have these like really cool like someone with a twinkle in their eye that just like helps you for no reason. And they just seem a little shinier than someone else Mm -hmm. or a situation like that, where there was like a twinkle in his eye and his name was shared with like the, cause Barney Barnabas was a little boy, right? He was the little boy in our session. Yeah. Like, even if they are not the same soul, not the same person, not even related at all. I do believe like through a wink and a shine in the eye and like uh, I was going to say sprinkles, but like um, tingles through your whole body. I think that it can be like a nod from them. Just yeah. like how if a bird is like tapping on my window, I don't necessarily think like, oh, my loved one passed is this bird tapping on my window. But I do believe they can like alter the flow of energy yeah. for a little bit to make us go, what was that? You yeah. know, and like make us appreciate or be like, was that them? And anytime we're asking, like, was that them? I think the answer is like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I agree 100%. Yes. Yes. So Steph, anything else you want to say about this experience that we haven't covered or that pops in your mind? Well, one thing that the main theme, and you said this in, in your, um, the past life regression episode that you just put about fear of heights, that you have 
this idea that, okay, am I making this up? You know, and I, I do have that. I have imposter syndrome, just like I guess most people do at some point. And the way that you described it is I would be really impressed with myself if I made that up because I, the whole theme of it was community in every part of this session, it was about community. And even for myself, it was a message for me, just as much an entity removal for the building. You know, I'm getting deeper and deeper into a community that's in my physical vicinity. And, you know, the, these men who, who I spoke to all about community and, and reaching out. And I think Barnabas and also little bear were really not wanting to leave their community behind. And so that was why they, they didn't want to go to the light because they were afraid that, you know, the community wouldn't stand. And, and then with this entity in the beginning of goosebumps again, like that are just very prominent because in the beginning, they, they were a community as well. There was so many of them jumping into the portal one after another, that it is all about community. And I think that I, I love to say, I think quick on my feet, but I do not. And <laughs> that just putting these pieces together took me a while, but it all came together at the right time. And I think that the message here would be to embrace the community that you have and to spread your story, spread your joy. Cause otherwise you're not, you're not doing the work that, that you want or that I want to do. Yeah. Yes, man. Yeah. I love that. And something else about community too, is, is being seen like that's mm -hmm. part of community. It's like, we feel seen, yeah. loved, accepted. And, um, it's really interesting because I've heard people discuss, like it came up in this session where it was like, people don't see us. We want people to see us. Yeah. And I've heard people who, for example, have a disability, like they're in a wheelchair for most of their day or when they're in public, it's this idea of like, nobody sees me. And that's not true. Everybody sees you. They just don't want to look at you for whatever reason. They don't want to feel like they're staring. They yeah. don't want to feel rude. Da, 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 da. But in that we close off that connection to that person. Yeah. And then not only are they, you know, at chest level and not eye level with everyone, but now everyone's not looking at them. And it's like, even just making eye contact, little smile and saying hi, like a yeah. genuine, like little, just push of love in their direction or appreciation, fondness, fun, lightness, whatever I think can do so much for us. And for that person, even if that is where that community whether that's where that community portion starts or ends, you know what yeah. I mean? If that's like the extent of it or not, just like even, yeah, that, that just seeing them, I think yeah. was like another message I got from that, For which sure. was really cool. Yeah. It's, that's a really important message because I've always wanted to hide. I never wanted to share my voice. I always felt like my words didn't matter until I started kinship and, and working on that part of myself. And it feels so good to know that I care about my words finally that I want yeah. other people to be seen. And if I can help by just walking down a street and making eye contact and saying hello and introducing myself, then I mean, it's easy. It's not hard. Yeah. And for someone who had so much anxiety going outside, especially there, if I could do it, a lot of people can do it. And it just takes a little bit of effort and compassion to just to help people feel loved and seen. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, 100%. And for anyone who's like, I feel like I can't, 
sometimes I think if we feel closed off or we feel like we can't, or that doesn't feel natural, even to be like, if something in you wants that, which I think most humans do, Mm -hmm. it's like, start digging into the shadows that kind of like hold you back. And there's so many ways to do it. Even if the shadows you're digging in at first are the shadows at the building you work in. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Or not that that's what you were doing first, but like, that's like, really, I feel like sounds like it unlocked so much in you. Oh, it Uh, did. Yeah. Now I want to do all of the entity removals. (laughs) Okay. What are we doing next? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all of them. (laughs) I'm willing to be the, the person channeling or, you know, entity removal for myself, but also, um, my cousin Mindy has been talking about it and I'm so excited to do my first entity removal on her because it's, I don't know. It works so much for me and it wasn't even yeah, me too. myself. It was the building. Um, but I got a lot of healing from it. And so did the people in that area. So that was really special. Imagine when you're doing an entity removal for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no one? kidding. Uh, I had something stuck to my back. Oh yes. Um, I think. Give me a second. Cause I know what it's one of the first few episodes. I think it might be episode nine Oh, it was a soul retrieval and mm-hmm. it was actually like a soul retrieval slash entity removal thing, but it was attached to my back. And it was like, I could feel that. Like mm-hmm. I would have never admitted that to myself for the majority of my life. <laughs> but like once it was gone, it was like, yo, I had been feeling that the majority of my life, you yeah. know? I mean, I would hand like smudge sticks. I would hand it to people and be like, can you put this in between my shoulder blades? It's like, (laughs) oh, you might have an entity (laughs) or not. If that scares you, no way. No, no. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And it's not scary though, No, but it's so interesting. And I feel like because it's positioned as something that's so scary, it, it can really be a place where for me, it's such a space where I feel a really easy confidence. And I think it's because I was so scared for so long that just being able to show up in that space and have a conversation, I'm like, yo, I got this. You know, it's just, we can turn our greatest fears into like something that we're really, really confident about. And I think sometimes those fears are like just something in our brains or our bodies that are like, whoa, we're afraid to evolve or expand or whatever. Um, And so to be able to just kind of like be patient with that, do what you need. Steph, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. There it is. That is our episode for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you thought of a friend who might like this episode or this topic, I would be so grateful if you sent them this episode. Whatever you do, I'm so glad you're here. Take anything that makes your load lighter and just leave the rest.